Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play podcast. Uh, today we are going to be covering a, uh, a very straightforward topic, um, a very revealing topic. We are going to be covering uh, racism in sports and how it affects uh, the social lives of everyone in not just the United States, but we've seen the power of social reform take grips across the globe, 13 other countries having protests. So today we're going to do a little bit a little bit of a history lesson on um, racism in sports. We're going to talk about a little bit of its origins, where it comes from. Uh, obviously, we all know where it comes from, but uh, where it's manifested in sports and how uh, the media has changed its philosophy on what it wants out of its sports stars. Um, and joined always uh, with me is Leo. Leo, how are you doing today? I'm all right, man. You know, I'm all right. This, all this stuff is sweeping the nation. You know, as a as a black Puerto Rican man, these aren't new issues to me. Um, I'm glad that they're getting attention. And before we even go any further, rest in peace to Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castillo, Eric Garner. Uh, I, we could do a whole episode just reading off the names if we really wanted to. Um, just rest in peace, man. I'm I'm tired. Very tired. So let's go ahead and tackle this. This is, um, let, let's put a disclaimer in. If our thoughts and views are not your thoughts and views, don't listen to us. Um, I get don't, the fuck out of here. I don't, I yeah, <laughs> there's this thing online where people are uh, real afraid of um, pushback. I, I, I just don't get it. Uh, what are we selling our moral soul for? Um, our goal is to have an educated user base that uh, is diverse and understands uh, different points of views on topics. This is not a hive mind think. Uh, me and Leo both come from very different backgrounds um, and, and, and we want that to uh, show itself in the people that listen to this pod. So if you're someone who uh, that makes you uncomfortable, um, I would tell you to, to get out and, and do a little more listening and less talking. Uh, if it's someone that you just don't agree with, uh, you can turn it off. We're really, we're just not looking for that. So let's take a walk a little bit down sports memory lane, and I'll abbreviate this as quick as possible to get to the meat of this. Um, sports forever, uh, you can go to baseball, right? When Jackie Robinson's the first uh, black baseball player, he, he wasn't actually. Um, he was just really, really good, and they, they, you know, it was used, it was politicized to uh, introduce color into baseball, and that goes back, you know, 100 years. Um, you can fast forward through the next 50 years because it's overly, overwhelmingly racist. Uh, I, you can read it in books, even getting into the 80s, um, where we talk, where people talk about uh, how you can look and see that there's uh, three. Uh, high-profile athletes on a baseball team, um, and they're they're black uh, or Hispanic, and that's three players, and they are always the all-stars on the team. Yet all the mediocrity of the team is filled with white players. That would tell you that there is some kind of systemic racism, uh, because how could your best players all be ethnic and your uh, worst players all be white. That just doesn't make any sense. It's not math. We look at where we are today in baseball, where the number of uh, minority players are, I would say, almost at a majority. 
uh, and you can tell that some of these things are catching up, but we're just not where we should be. And that drives the conversation where in the late 80s and 70s in football, uh, you really, really, really had teams that were becoming diverse, and those teams were looked at as the bad boys of, of sports. Um, you have teams uh, where uh, coaches and owners come out politically, uh, and local candidates look very much for the support of their local, uh, their local team because they know it drives uh, it'll drive better ratings for them. It'll drive more people to the polls. And we fast forward all the way to today where we have this whole narrative around shut up and dribble. And for me, I'm a white person, uh, you, you, can, you can clearly see that once minorities have gotten a platform and a following, the narrative has changed in the media to they just play basketball, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and anyone who has that thought is, you are racist, you just, you are, and you don't understand. Um, we have someone in our presidency right now who did nothing with politics his entire life, reaches the young age of 70 and decides to run for president. This is not a politician, this is a game show host who ran. So the shut up and dribble, if you're going to drive that narrative, um, is inherently racist. Uh, I, one more thing I'll cover for turning it over um, is the idea that all lives matter. And the best explanation I've heard uh, for this is, of course, all lives matter. You, 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 you idiot. <laughs> uh, what we're telling you, and the best way I've heard described is, it's like a broken bone and you go to the doctor. You go, doctor, I've got a broken bone. Um, my elbow my elbow is broken and and he comes in he checks your ankle and he checks your foot and he checks your shin and you go doc doc it, my elbow my elbow is broken i need you to help fix my elbow and he goes hold on a minute all bones matter and you go no shit get the one that's not being that's not equal up to equality and you go, well, I want to make sure everyone... No, 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 no. The, the part that's on fire, check first. So uh, if you're taking that all lives matter stand, understand you're not thinking and you're not listening. And you have to go a layer down. If you're taking the stand that politics don't belong in sports, you just haven't followed sports long enough. Because it existed back when all of our star athletes were white. When that changed and the platform moved from all white males to different diversities we told them to shut up we don't want to hear it now uh, we also know that most of our sports stars give back to their uh, their communities more than anyone else uh, LeBron James has probably given more than any other athlete the guy has a school um, a, a whole fucking school uh, where he gives people opportunity and preaches togetherness and yet we don't want to hear uh, about his opinion on politics, yet somehow he's deeply embedded in the education system, which is politics. So um, I'm going to seed with that background over to you, Leo, to get your thoughts uh, and, 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 and hear what, you know, your opinion on this. Yeah, I, I want to say before I start getting into that, I was sitting here because I, I knew that you had some stuff that you wanted to say, but uh, I mean, you, we don't rehearse this, so I had no idea what you were about to say. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to be doing a podcast with someone who 
who can open their eyes and look at at cultures beyond their own because as we can see right now that's it's not something that is a common well I, I don't even want to say that it's uncommon because plenty of people do get it but yeah man i'm glad that you get it not enough um, get it right right not enough and i don't know if enough ever will get it honestly but you know if that number keeps increasing then i guess that's all we can ask for um you know when it comes to to race and sports like you could apply that same logic, that shut up and dribble logic. You could apply to a lot of different industries outside of the sports industry. You know, you, you could apply that almost almost anywhere, anytime that people that look like me want to speak up. Uh, that's when we're told that we need to, you know, shut up or you know worry about where we come from or worry about black on black crime or you know, it's always a rebuttal almost to to demean us when we try to speak out and give our opinions on this. So it's nice to see that this time we're not being silenced. Uh, that that shut up and dribble stuff that you said, I still, you know, I can't believe it. And I'm actually glad that you brought up shut up and dribble because right before we started recording this, I saw a clip of Laura Ingram, the lady who oh, yeah. started with the shut up and dribble stuff, uh, saying that Drew Brees has the right to speak his mind on the issue. Yes. Drew Brees has the right to, you know, express how he feels. And there's nothing wrong with him giving his opinion. But the, the same lady, when LeBron was giving his opinion, it was shut up and dribble. Right. So I, I don't think I need to go into why I think that is. <laughs> you know, I, I think that you and anyone listening to this can figure that out for themselves. But yeah, man, it, that's a constant throughout life. It, it, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's an office job, whether it's anywhere, anytime that we see the injustice and we try to call it out, and we kind of get thrown to the side or or you know are discredited in some kind of way. Um, I'm glad that this is getting the attention that it needs to get, but we still have a long way to go. We do, and, and I want to I put a comment here. We talk about being open-minded, and we talk about listening to both sides. You, they, you don't actually don't really have to listen. I don't really want to both sides on this Right. One. Uh, That's uh, in, it. In most cases, I'm down to hear. You know, yes. I'm, I'm a pretty open person. I'm a registered independent. Like, I'm down to hear both sides. I am. I really am. Yes. But on this issue, I don't want to hear both sides. What is there to hear from there, the other side? There isn't two sides, and that's my point. It's not that you shouldn't try to educate yourself about how everyone feels. It's the fact that there actually isn't two sides to this. There is only one, and that is the fight for equality amongst all races. And right now, we are deeply centered on black Americans, African Americans in the United States being unjustly treated, not just by cops. This is bigger. This is a systemic issue where we're saying the reason why there's poverty is we put social uh, systems in place that keep people down. We know this. This is a fact. Um, we, we know that we tailor ourselves towards oppression. Uh, you can see that in the budgets. Um, and all these things are meant as a game that you really have to you see white people want to say that they don't face any, they don't see any of these adversities. No fucking shit. You don't. It's built for you to succeed and other people to fail. If they overcome, we like to hold them up as white people and say, look at this great example of how, you know, if you just try really, really fucking hard, you can get to where we are. 
And the truth is, you're saying that the black person has to work very fucking hard to get where he is, where the white person just has to stumble backwards and know somebody, okay? That's the, that's the problem with it. One group of people is getting hired by their friends, and the other group of people has to constantly fight the tide of the system to get a fucking offer to get in front of someone to just show them what they're worth. And to me, me that's something that people get. Right. The thing that kind of makes my blood boil a little bit, the thing that frustrates me about all of this is that we're really not, I'm not asking for a red carpet. No, I'm not asking. I'm not asking for you to to kneel anytime I I walk near you. I'm not asking you for. I don't don't even treat me special. I don't even want special treatment. Just give me the same treatment. That's all I'm asking for. And that's it. That's it. And here's the thing: if you watch Fox News, Fox News, shame on you. Shame on you. I just don't bring up the military. The military, you know, people, and, and let, let's hit the Drew Brees topic right now, right? Okay, so uh, we start with basically four days passing and not a single prominent white QB uh, raising their voice. Now, we've heard from the African-American community, and uh, it was loudly put down by politics, uh, you know, which was which is crazy. Um, but but that was the overall reaction, right? It was four days. Now, Drew Brees speaks up. He said four days to fucking think about this. And that guy opened his windows, said, looks good, turned around and said, I haven't changed my stance in four years. Now, where things changed. Four years ago, when Drew Brees had the same stance, everyone was okay with it. And what I mean, everyone, I mean the majority of the whole. There was no backlash. And that was, it was some bullshit back then. Too. It was some I, bullshit. I've been standing by Cap since the yep. first day that he decided to say something. It yep. was some bullshit then. It's some bullshit now. Drew Brees knew what he was doing. It's I see people worse on now. TV and on social media running to the, oh, well, he doesn't know. But no, he knows better. Of course. Get, get out of here. He of, knows better. Of course He's they run to the side. president. The president's very invested in what the NFL has going on. Like, this isn't, it's not rocket science to figure out what's, what's happening with Drew Brees. No, this, the, oh, here's the secret. It's the reason why none of the white QBs spoke up is because they didn't fucking know what it was about. They didn't know. They didn't understand it. What do you mean equality? What, I don't get it. Oh, you're just making it up. See, that's the problem. You just never listened. You just never asked, and you just never watched. And then you went out there. Thinking that you have black uh, teammates is enough, that is, that's something. (laughs) Thinking that just because you hang around with some black people, then that's enough. He hangs around. No, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Look, he, he goes out and he donates, and he invests heavily in a community that definitely needs someone to invest in. Okay, I'm not putting any of that down. What I'm saying is he always viewed his investing in the community as, while, yes, I'm, I'm a good Christian and I should be doing those things, he didn't understand why he had to invest in the first place. And what I mean is this. He knew he needed to put money in. But why am I putting money into this in the first place? Not that I shouldn't, but perhaps I should take a step back and go, are these people I'm helping, I'm constantly helping because this is the only help they get? There's no uh, system to help them out. It's uh, the the generosity of the ultra-rich that supports them. Without them, 
they have nothing. Maybe there should be, I don't know, fucking some kind of system that helps people. Not pushes them into a corner and backs them down. Not, I get caught on drug charges when I'm 18 and now I'm facing three years in prison. Meanwhile, I go to the white neighborhood uh, and there have been unbelievable amounts of high-profile cases. And, you know, uh, I'm charged with rape and I get 12 months probation because I'm a good, upstanding citizen. Okay, that's it. Why don't you look at the system on why you're having to help people and invest in changing the system? And then he, he gets up, shits down his own pant leg, and then issues another apology, basically saying, so the problem here is that you all didn't understand what I meant. Drew, Drew, do you feel like people misinterpreted you? Did, did, you, did you get a you know, glimpse of honesty, it? Like, if that's the stance you want to have, you know, it, I think that for all the good that all of the awareness that we're trying to bring is doing, and I do think that it's doing good. I, I'm seeing people that I've never seen speak out against, you know, anything actually, you know, protesting, donating, you know, trying to make a contribution. But to with, with Drew Brees, it makes me wonder, like, it, are you helping the community because you want to help the community or is this like a tax break wants to feel you know good I mean? wants to feel <laughs> you know, good are you, are you trying to get a little pat on the back yes. and a nice little break on your taxes or do you actually care about what you're putting money into we know because he doesn't if, care if about you actually care about what you're putting money into then you should be aware of what you know you should be able to read the room yeah and he can't okay that's he, what, he did not read the room he can't <laughs> read the room he doesn't have the ability to read the room he he doesn't know he doesn't care to know. He's not going to look into it anymore. He's done with it. That's the problem. That's the I'm fucking sure the problem. rooms that he's normally in normally look a certain way. So him having to read the room doesn't really require any depth on a daily basis, I'm sure. There isn't a room he goes into that he isn't praised for every little thing he does. Okay? There's, there isn't a room that tells him he's not thinking clearly. He is in rooms that are by his design and his influence. And they're going to think the way he thinks and acts the way he acts. When he's on a football field, his job is to lead men. Okay? When, when that ends, he does... And look, I don't want to put down the charity work he's, um, he's doing. I'm saying that he doesn't even know why he's doing it. He doesn't even understand why he's in that position. He, and, and look, he was followed up very sternly by the only other white quarterback to stand out on this, and that was Aaron Rodgers. Well, Carson Wentz did put out a really good. Carson Wentz did put out a really good, uh, a really good post that, that that had some great reaction about understanding. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers came out immediately against Drew Brees, and it wasn't like a uh, he wasn't worried about the backlash, which I think is a great thing about Aaron Rodgers. Um, he came out and said it's never been about the flag, and you think it's about the flag, you were not paying any attention, and that's it. That's the whole problem here. If you're following you know Fox News, like you're about, doing it. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what I didn't like about Breeze is that, you know, you can have your opinion. I'm not mad at people for having their opinions, even if I disagree. And even if you sound like an idiot giving your opinion, I guess you're still entitled to one, right? But what I didn't like about what he was saying is he's saying, oh, my grandfather fought in these wars. My grandfather gave up his life for his country. But failing to realize that African Americans fought in those same wars and came back to shitty situations here. So are, are you 
like what do you, you know he kind of painted himself in a corner in multiple ways here not only does he sound ignorant but what about you know the same issue that we're talking about today was an issue for those people coming back from those same wars that they fought next to your grandfather people have been dying in wars issue. it's to, the same issue people have been dying in wars to fight one evil to come back home to not even get, be able to get a loan because of the color of skin they go overseas and fight and come back to the Jim Crow South Okay, they come back and the KKK is burning crosses in their neighborhood. All right, you can go back and uh, I've spent a lot of time reading books on NFL teams, NFL coaches, NBA coaches, NBA teams all summer long and a little dabbling in baseball, or I'd say all quarantine long. And literally, there were scenarios where people go, Hey, uh, on Sunday or during practice, the fans are ravenous for my autograph, but when I go to their restaurant, they tell me they can't seat me. And that's the same thing. You go out, you perform something, uh, it, you know, whether it's military or you're out for, uh, you know, you're, you're on the sports field to entertain and people, people hold you in this high esteem. The second you come out of that area, whatever it is, whatever people hold you in that light, whether it's sports, whether it's military, and you come back down to earth, Everything reverts back to the way it was. Everyone compartmentalizes it, and that's part of the problem. You see people in one view, and then when you see them out on the street, they're no longer that superstar to you. They're the same yeah, person that you need to put down. All right. There's plenty of people, to, to steal a quote from Jalen Rose, there's, there's plenty of people that like black entertainment but don't like black people, that's, and that's a problem. That's exactly what it is that and look it's fear fear is the ultimate mind killer you don't like them because your parents told you not to like them you don't fucking know why uh you don't like them because fox news paints them in a dark light but you don't even look for another one it's fear you're letting fear drive your oh man a black person they're gonna rob me what in the that, fuck are you living that fear in? fear manifests itself in the police when they run into a situation where they're dealing with a black person. And now that fear that they have in their body causes them to shoot someone who they didn't need to shoot. Fear. You know? it's, the mind it's killer. Fear. It's all fear. Um, you hear, uh, there have been, I would say, when Trump took power, there was this, uh, took office. Uh, there was this dynamic where a bunch of really Your power might be right. Yeah, honestly. yeah. I was I was a little worried about saying that, but um, you know, there were a lot of uh, prominent uh, business or eloquently spoken uh, white people that came out, and uh, there was a really good article that just resurfaced where Charles Barkley um, is talking to this guy, and his whole point of view is this on racism. He says. Uh, well, the thing is, I don't want minorities getting jobs because it'll be harder for my kid to get a job. And they look at it as this uh, uh, survival of the fittest. Um, I have to hold everyone else back so that way it's easier for my kids. My point of view on it is if that's how you're thinking, just get out of the gene pool. You're hurting us. I mean, you're really fucking hurting us. Because if you're basically saying, I know my kid is nowhere near as good at 
any type, you know, and you're talking a wide range of jobs. He's not as artistic. He's not as athletic. He's not as well-spoken. He's not as well-thought. He's not as well-prepared. He has trouble uh, uh, organizing uh, his notes. Um, He's he's late. He has low energy. Uh, So if you're saying that I'm willing to put everyone else aside because my little shitty kid that wouldn't have a shot in daylight If I didn't put everyone else down, I have to do that in order for them to get up. Get out. Get out of the gene pool. Don't have kids. Relieve yourself of that burden. Okay, because you're hurting all of us. In order for us to live our best world, we need the smartest anyone, anything on a task. Don't put your shitty little kid up and push everyone else down. Because you're terrified your kid's going to have a tough time because, one, you're a terrible parent and have not been able to instill any real qualities in them. And, two, you would much rather everyone else suffer due to your own ignorance and arrogance. And, and that's the only eloquent, you know, I'm doing this because I want my kid to succeed. I've heard it from my family um, who have those tendencies that are racists. And I say, that is the, I mean, you want to talk about how survival of the fittest, but then you're going to try to fucking cheat on the test. Get the fuck out of the way. Let the right people in. Let the smart people in. And hey, you know what? Hopefully your kid is treated just as justly as you were treating everyone else's kid. You know, God forbid. So that's the other argument that people make. And we talked about, that's just fear. You're just scared your little shitty offspring isn't going to be able to hold a candle to all the other ethnicities in the world that are better than you in some way. And instead of you trying to help your kid overcome that, you spend all your fucking time making sure that all your hires are white and all their hires are white. And it happens in business. I don't want to say the company I work for, but... It happens. Kids don't say that. Yeah, it happens all the time. You you go. Oh man. Uh, and this is how it works in business, right? And just peel the curtain back. I'm, you, I work in business. I'm a, I'm a higher level manager. I hire people, and I see it. Okay, I you know you have a job rack. What's the first thing you do? It's every business. You have a job rack. What's the first thing you do? You go to your current team, and you say, Does anyone have a referral? Okay, that's what happens in every business around the world. You go to your good employees, you go to all your employees, and you say, give me your referrals. Because, you know, it just makes me, you know, it makes you feel better when you know who you're hiring. So if you have a team of eight white people out of ten, how many of those referrals are going to be minority candidates? Is it less than 10% probably? Oh, I can tell you from experience, it's not often going to be a minority. I work in an office setting, too, and uh, I, I see this exact process go on every single time there's a job opening. So, so if, <laughs> really, right. it, it depends on who it is hiring. You who know? it is hiring. And, and so I, I make it an, a point of emphasis. I go outside with almost all my hires because I, you need to find that. You need to go find those Uh, people that are looking for opportunities that are hungry. When you just go referral-based, and that's the only way you hire is straight referral-based, you're only going to get 
those ethnicities that you already have. That can be a good thing if you have a well-diverse fucking team. If you're a diverse fucking team, you're going to have diverse fucking candidates. So it starts really in business. And I haven't seen this really addressed. But uh, what's the word for it? Um, uh, There's a word for nepotism. Nepotism. Nepotism nepotism breeds (laughs) racism. It's just inherent. Because eventually, people aren't smart. People just aren't smart. They look to their left, they look to their right, and they go, I guess only white people can do this job. No, 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 no. It's the fact that only white people have been interviewed and hired for the job. Your job actually could be done a lot better if we had more diverse candidates and, and we were pushing to get the best candidates. And it's, you know, it, it, it's called raising the level of competition. You're just refusing to do it and keeping a very low bar. And that's the problem. Uh, that is part of why these business opportunities don't open up. And people go, well, you know, if they worked hard, they could get it. No, 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 no. <laughs> They're not getting that, their resume in the door. Yeah, it's that kind of thinking that leads to that dumbass proposal that the NFL was giving the other day, talking about, you know, that I'm sure that they leaked themselves to see what public perception would be, talking about if you hire a minority head coach or GM, they might give you an extra second round pick. You know why you have to do that? You have to do that because this guy gives, you know, one coach gives all his assistant positions to the people that he knows. Then the people that they know do the same. Then the people that they know do the same. It it happens in offices. It happens in the NFL. It happens in music. It happens in politics. This is like a world system. (laughs) It is. And, And that's part of it, right? So if you're wondering what you can do, and you're listening to this and you're in business, you're in a position to hire, maybe you're a secretary and you vet the uh, the candidates, right? I don't know how your business does it. I, I take a lot of time going through the resumes myself. Um, you need to work on diverse hirings. Don't take your friends, uh, your, your, always your friends, uh, your resume. Do I hire some of my friends? Or, or should I say, should I hire, uh, I haven't really hired any of my friends, I would say, in a while. But uh, do you hire acquaintances, right? Of course, you're going to, right? That, that's part of this whole wheel. What you have to understand is you should be moving that wheel. We're not saying don't hire your friends. We're saying for every one friend you hire, three other people that you don't fucking know need to get hired. Not referrals. They need to be diverse candidates because I'm going to tell you this. As someone in business, they are having a diverse team has made my teams so much better at just about everything. I lap every motherfucker in what we do at work. And I have one of the most diverse teams. You get different walks of life. You get different views. And when it's time to put a think tank together, everyone doesn't have the same track mind. Some people have overcome different things that enable them to see scenarios from an outside view and provide great feedback and deep, detailed feedback. And and you need all that. You need all those walks of life. Or else, I'm going to tell you, you're not ever going to make it to the top rung. You're just not. If you are a grinder and you want to get out there and make the best teams, they have to be with the best candidates. And that revolves you to open the door fully and bring in every candidate. Okay, You cannot go, oh, well, I want the best candidate, but I'm also only taking referrals. You can't do that. 
You can't do that. And right. that's where a lot of this systemic, how come, you know, oh, they can't get jobs. I, I'm, just, I'm rambling a bit, but that's the line of thought. Why are they in this situation? Because people only hire their friends. Their friends are only white. Their friends are only white. And next thing you know, you've got three tiers of white people hiring only their friends. And that's why you can't get anyone in the goddamn door. So change right. your I, thought. I agree diversity is important. I, I, I think what you're saying is the way to fix it in, the, uh, in corporate America because this is just as big of an issue in corporate America as it is in any other area of, you know, of anything, of any industry. Um, in, in regards to police brutality, um, we need reform, man. We need like, reform. We need reform badly. We we need to get to a point where every single officer patrolling the streets of America is wearing a body cam that must be turned off. Yep. We need to get to a point where that body cam footage is being audited and reviewed regularly by independent agencies that don't have any type of commitment or any type of connection to the police departments that they're auditing. We need to get to a point where officers are actually being disciplined when they um, when they're found to be in violation of whatever you know code of conduct they follow. Uh, we need to get to a point where the, the cops aren't just looking out for each other. And so you know, every time something goes wrong, these cops they all they're all you know they're buddies. They they're have buddies. A, a fraternity of some sort. And off topic, real quick, I don't get the Blue Lives Matter shit. Like it, it's a job. You know, you can quit. I can't quit being black at the end of the day. You can quit being a cop. Like, stop with that bullshit. It's just a racist out. It's another racist out. It's the reason why, I don't even know her name, Tommy Lauren or whatever, uh, gets up there and says Drew Brees can have a thought and LeBron James can't. Okay, it's just a racist thought. Well, because you know what? Most cops are fucking white. Okay, so they relate to those cops. The other ones are playing a game. That's how they view it. They view if you are not a white cop, well, you've adhered to our system. The The police are inherently white. You run into right. 10 cops, eight are probably white. Uh, so Look, I'm not here to say that they're all bad. You know, I want to get that out there right now. Because I, you know, I went to college and I, I studied criminology. So naturally, a lot of the people that I was in class with, they went on to be lawyers. They went on to be law enforcement officers. They went to deal with the law in one way or another and I know some police officers so I'm not here to say that they're all bad No, my issue is that the bad ones and the good ones protect each other you know what I mean like you can be a good yes. cop that follows the rules that follows everything that does your job the right way but if the guy next to you is fucking up and you're covering up for him then we still have an issue <laughs> you know what i mean the, like if they if there was accountability within that group themselves we we might not even be sitting here talking about this right now if you police yourself we don't have to but you don't right and you won't and you've basically told everyone there's nothing to see here Whew. blew us away with that right. one um, now, now we have our, our president over here focusing on rioting, saying everything that he puts out is saying, hey, man, if you're out here, we're going to get your ass. You yes. know? Uh, uh, no focus has been on policy change. None. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen him mention a policy no, change. No, he won't. Okay, And that's, that's why it's important for everyone to get out and vote and not just the big elections, but local elections is how you really get this change to filter up. And it, it's it's local elections. It's getting out, getting your voice heard, um, protesting if you can, donating. Uh, my time has been spent. I donated a lot to bail bonds. Um, I'm donating to get people back on the street, uh, providing bail for people so they can not sit in jail. 
um, they could get back out there and be activists. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for ways to help, um, you in you go look. I'm I'm in a position where I can't, you know, I can't risk getting arrested or you know I'm working nine to five. What do I do? How do I help here? Donate. Donate to causes that put activists back on the street. There's a campaign called Campaign One that talks about uh, the 12 methods people need to follow, or I think it's eight methods people need to follow, and 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 uh, eight uh, measures of reform that need to happen throughout our systems. And you can go through and see what what your level of government is doing to uh, bring those um, outside thoughts in. And again, it all revolves around the same thing. Don't be scared of people that are different than you. Embrace them. Learn from them. Don't when you're if you're in a position to make change, make the change. Go out, find the best candidates, listen to all the candidates, hire the best candidates. You're gonna find your jobs a lot easier when you have the best people working for you. Don't come into it with preconceived notions. These are things you can do on just day to day to change. Get over the fear. Get over it. Because that's what's driving us is this white versus black fear that's why the blue you put the blue in the middle oh i'm not it's not because i'm racist i just support the cops you just move your agenda okay to someone you relate to because they also fight you know what you perceive to be uh thugs right that's the thugs that's what we're now calling anyone of any type of color who does anything wrong which is fucking crazy uh, and and you want to go yeah, with? They can't see the N word, so they gotta right. say something. Else. Oh my God! Uh, and so you know, you're just sitting behind these. It's the same thought and idea. Just have a second thought. It's what I'm. That's what we're asking. Don't be scared. Everyone's just in this to try to live a fulfilling life. Don't be scared that they're gonna take that away from you. They don't want to. They want to enjoy it with you. Stop running. And, and start living for something that will make our tomorrow better. Look around. Do you think this is how we all want to be? Do, is this? And if you go, no. Well, let me tell you. The way you've been doing it obviously keeps getting us here. So just try a little bit of a change. Try to have some compassion, some empathy. Open your hearts. That's what we want. Understand you're not right. Listen to other people's words. Don't tell people of color how to feel. Don't fucking do that. You don't fucking like it when someone tells you how to feel. Don't do it to other people. So. Look, man, I, I think we're wrapping up here, so I, I just want to give my, my last thoughts. It, it starts at home. You know what I mean? It starts at home. My parents raised me to believe that, you know, no matter what, what shade your skin is, that we're all human at the end of the day. We're all in this together, right? So treat people the way that you would treat your family. Yeah. Regardless of what they look like. You know, like we, me and you grew up together. We treat each other like family, even though I'm brown as hell and you're white as hell. Like it, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the skin tone is just skin tone. All that means is that someone, you know, if, if I look different than you, all that means is that my family is from a different part of the world than your family is. And that's it. We might have come up in different ways, but you know, it, that's not important. Staying yeah. together is important. Educating yourself is important. I, I, I think educating yourself and your family is one way that we could try to be better. Yep. Don't you know, tolerate if, it. If you know that you have a racist uncle, if you know that your your mom doesn't like black people, if you know that 
you know, and this isn't just for white people. This is for everyone. Um, have those conversations, you know, yes. do your homework, look at the statistics, you know, don't go in uneducated, you know, power, knowledge is power, learn, and then share what you learn with others so that they're not ignorant. Because at the end of the day, ignorance is the root cause of all this. Yep. And if we can eliminate some ignorance, maybe we can make some headway. And the thing is, the underlying thing, we're just looking to be equal. We want everything That's equal. A- how wrong is that? How how do we stand? How do you stand on the other side of that? Just that's it. Just looking for equality. That's the only thing we want out of this is for everyone to feel like when they wake up and walk out the door, their trip to wherever they're going to go is going to be treated the same way by everyone they interact with. That's it. That's all this is. And if you go, well, but just stop. We're going to hang it up like this conversation. Don't go any further. So, we'll be getting back into more sports talk directly next week. Um, we are going to be breaking down the NFC. What do we have left here? Um, I think NFC. NFC. No, we did. NFC West? Yeah. Over to the NFC West. NFC West, I think it's left. Yep. Yes. Yes, it is. NFC West. And we're breaking that down. We're also going to be talking about the NBA playoffs that are coming up. Uh, But politics will stay in our discussion from time to time because sports and politics go hand in hand. You buy tickets to a game, you vote. You should have an opinion on both. So we're going to hold that down. Leo, any parting thoughts before we get out of here? No, I don't even want to plug anything today. Don't look at my stuff. It's, It's not important this week. Uh, instead, I'm going to make a suggestion. Watch Netflix. Uh, I, I think most of you have Netflix if you're listening to this. Watch 13th. If you haven't seen 13th on Netflix before and you're having some questions about whether inequality or social injustices and all that stuff is really a thing, watch that documentary, and I think that you'll have some different thoughts once you're done. There we go. All right, everyone, stay safe. Get out there, be vocal, be heard, make a difference.